section fifty one part two chapter six of the four horsemen of the apocalypse by vicente blasco ibanez translated by charlotte brewster jordan this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter six the banner of the red cross returning in desperation to his estate don marcelo desnoyers saw huge automobiles and men on horseback forming a very long convoy and completely filling the road they were all going in his direction at the entrance to the park a band of germans was putting up the wires for a telephone line they had just been reconnoitering the rooms befouled with the night's saturnalia and were ha haing boisterously over captain von hartrott's inscription bitte nicht plündern to them it seemed the acme of wit truly teutonic the convoy now invaded the park with its automobiles and trucks bearing a red cross a war hospital was going to be established in the castle the doctors were dressed in grayish green and armed the same as the officers they also imitated their freezing hauteur and repellent unapproachableness there came out of the drays hundreds of folding cots which were placed in rows in the different rooms the furniture that still remained was thrown out in a heap under the trees squads of soldiers were obeying with mechanical promptitude the brief and imperious orders an odor of an apothecary's shop of concentrated drugs now pervaded the quarters mixed with the strong smell of the antiseptics with which they were sprinkling the walls in order to disinfect the filthy remains of the nocturnal orgy then he saw women clad in white buxom girls with blue eyes and flaxen hair they were grave bland austere and implacable in appearance several times they pushed desnoyers out of their way as if they did not see him they looked like nuns but with revolvers under their habits at midday other automobiles began to arrive attracted by the enormous white flag with the red cross which was now waving from the castle tower they came from the division battling beyond the marne their metal fittings were dented by projectiles their windshields broken by star-shaped holes from their interiors appeared men and more men some on foot others on canvas stretchers faces pale and rubicund profiles aquiline and snubby red heads and skulls wrapped in white turbans stiff with blood mouths that laughed with bravado and mouths that groaned with bluish lips jaws supported with mummy-like bandages giants in agony whose wounds were not apparent shapeless forms ending in a head that talked and smoked legs with hanging flesh that was dying the first aid wrappings with their red moisture arms that hung as inert as dead boughs torn uniforms in which were conspicuous the tragic vacancies of absent members this avalanche of suffering was quickly distributed throughout the castle in a few hours it was so completely filled that there was not a vacant bed the last arrivals being laid in the shadow of the trees the telephones were ringing incessantly 
the surgeons in coarse aprons were going from one side to the other working rapidly human life was submitted to savage proceedings with roughness and celerity those who died under it simply left one more cot free for the others that kept on coming desnoyers saw bloody baskets filled with shapeless masses of flesh strips of skin broken bones entire limbs the orderlies were carrying these terrible remnants to the foot of the park in order to bury them in a little plot which had been chichi's favorite reading nook pairs of soldiers were carrying out objects wrapped in sheets which the owner recognized as his these were the dead and the park was soon converted into a cemetery no longer was the little retreat large enough to hold the corpses and the severed remains from the operations new grave trenches were being opened nearby the germans armed with shovels were pressing into service a dozen of the farmer prisoners to aid in unloading the dead now they were bringing them down by the cartload dumping them in like the rubbish from some demolished building don marcelo felt an abnormal delight in contemplating this increasing number of vanquished enemies yet he grieved at the same time that this precipitation of intruders should be deposited forever on his property at nightfall overwhelmed by so many emotions he again suffered the torments of hunger all day long he had eaten nothing but the crust of bread found in the kitchen by the warden's wife the rest he had left for her and her daughter a distress as harrowing to him as his hunger was the sight of poor georgette's shocked despondency she was always trying to escape from his presence in an agony of shame don't let the master see me she would cry hiding her face since his presence seemed to recall more vividly the memory of her assaults desnoyers tried while in the lodge to avoid going near her desperate with the gnawings of his empty stomach he accosted several doctors who were speaking french but all in vain they would not listen to him and when he repeated his petitions they pushed him roughly out of their way he was not going to perish with hunger in the midst of his riches those people were eating the indifferent nurses had established themselves in his kitchen but the time passed on without encountering anybody who would take pity on this old man dragging himself weakly from one place to another in the misery of an old age intensified by despair and suffering in every part of the body the results of the blows of the night before he now knew the gnawings of a hunger far worse than that which he had suffered when journeying over the desert plains a hunger among men in a civilized country wearing a belt filled with gold surrounded with towers and castle halls which were his but in the control of others who would not condescend to listen to him and for this piteous ending of his life he had amassed millions and returned to europe ah the irony of fate he saw a doctor's assistant leaning up against a tree about to devour a slab of bread and sausage his envious eyes scrutinized this fellow tall thick-set 
his jaws bristling with a great red beard the trembling old man staggered up to him begging for the food by signs and holding out a piece of money the german's eyes glistened at the sight of the gold and a beatific smile stretched his mouth from ear to ear ya yeah, he responded and grabbing the money he handed over the food don marcelo commenced to swallow it with avidity never had he so appreciated the sheer ecstasy of eating as at that instant in the midst of his gardens converted into a cemetery before his despoiled castle where hundreds of human beings were groaning in agony a grayish arm passed before his eyes it belonged to the german who had returned with two slices of bread and a bit of meat snatched from the kitchen he repeated his smirking ya yeah, and after his victim had secured it by means of another gold coin he was able to take it to the two women hidden in the cottage during the night a night of painful watching cut with visions of horror it seemed to him that the roar of the artillery was coming nearer it was a scarcely perceptible difference perhaps the effect of the silence of the night which always intensifies sound the ambulances continued coming from the front discharging their cargoes of riddled humanity and going back for more desnoyers surmised that his castle was but one of the many hospitals established in a line of more than eighty miles and that on the other side behind the french were many similar ones in which the same activity was going on the consignments of dying men succeeding each other with terrifying frequency many of the combatants were not even having the satisfaction of being taken from the battlefield but were lying groaning on the ground burying their bleeding members in the dust or mud and weltering in the ooze from their wounds and don marcelo who a few hours before had been considering himself the unhappiest of mortals now experienced a cruel joy in reflecting that so many thousands of vigorous men at the point of death could well envy him for his hale old age and for the tranquillity with which he was reposing on that humble bed the next morning the orderly was waiting for him in the same place holding out a napkin filled with eatables good red-bearded man helpful and kind and he offered him the piece of gold nine replied the fellow with a broad malicious grin two gleaming gold pieces appeared between don marcelo's fingers another leering nine and a shake of the head ah oh, the robber how he was taking advantage of his necessity and not until he had produced five gold coins was he able to secure the package he soon began to notice all around him a silent and sly conspiracy to get possession of his money a giant in a sergeant's uniform put a shovel in his hand pushing him roughly forward he soon found himself in a corner of the park that had been transformed into a graveyard near the cart of cadavers there he had to shovel dirt on his own ground in company with the indignant prisoners he averted his eyes so as not to look at the rigid and grotesque bodies piled above him at the edge of the pit ready to be tumbled in the ground was sending forth an insufferable odor for decomposition had already set in in the nearby trenches 
the persistence with which his overseers accosted him and the crafty smile of the sergeant made him see through the deep-laid scheme the redbeard must be at the bottom of all this putting his hand in his pocket he dropped the shovel with a look of interrogation ya yeah, replied the sergeant after handing over the required sum the tormented old man was permitted to stop grave-digging and wander around at his pleasure he knew however what was probably in store for him those men were going to submit him to a merciless exploitation another day passed by like its predecessor in the morning of the following day his perceptions sharpened by apprehension made him conjecture that something extraordinary had occurred the automobiles were arriving and departing with greater rapidity and there was greater disorder and confusion among the executive force the telephone was ringing with mad precipitation and the wounded arrivals seemed more depressed the day before they had been singing when taken from the vehicles hiding their woe with laughter and bravado all talking of the near victory and regretting that they would not be able to witness the triumphal entry into paris now they were all very silent with furrowed brows thinking no longer about what was going on behind them wondering only about their own fate outside the park was the buzz of the approaching throng which was blackening the roads the invasion was beginning again but with a refluent movement for hours at a time great strings of gray trucks went puffing by then regiments of infantry squadrons rolling stock they were marching very slowly with a deliberation that puzzled desnoyers who could not make out whether this recessional meant flight or change of position the only thing that gave him any satisfaction was the stupefied and downcast appearance of the soldiers the gloomy sulks of the officers nobody was shouting they all appeared to have forgotten their nach paris the greenish-gray monster still had its armed head stretched across the other side of the marne but its tail was beginning to uncoil with uneasy wrigglings after night had settled down the troops were still continuing to fall back the cannonading was certainly coming nearer some of the thunderous claps sounded so close that they made the glass tremble in the windows a fugitive farmer trying to find refuge in the park gave don marcelo some news the germans were in full retreat they had installed some of their batteries on the banks of the marne in order to attempt a new resistance and the new arrival remained without attracting the attention of the invaders who a few days before would have shot him on the slightest suspicion the mechanical workings of discipline were evidently out of gear doctors and nurses were running from place to place shouting orders and breaking out into a volley of curses every time a fresh ambulance load arrived the drivers were commanded to take their patients on ahead to another hospital near the rear guard orders had been received to evacuate the castle that very night in spite of this prohibition one of the ambulances unloaded its relay of wounded men so deplorable was their state that the doctors accepted them judging it useless for them to continue their journey they remained in the garden lying on the same stretchers that they had occupied within the vehicle by the light of the lanterns desnoyers recognized one of the dying it was the secretary to his excellency the socialist professor who had shut him in the cellar vaults 
at the sight of the owner of the castle he smiled as though he had met a comrade his was the only familiar face among all those people who were speaking his language he was ghastly in hue with sunken features and an impalpable gaze spreading over his eyes he had no visible wounds but from under the cloak spread over his abdomen his torn intestines exhaled a fatal warning the presence of don marcelo made him guess where they had brought him and little by little he coordinated his recollections as though the old gentleman might be interested in the whereabouts of his comrades he told him all he knew in a weak and strained voice bad luck for their brigade they had reached the front at a critical moment for the reserve troops commandant blumhardt had died at the very first a shell of seventy-five taking off his head dead too were all the officers who had lodged in the castle his excellency had had his jawbone torn off by a fragment of shell he had seen him on the ground howling with pain drawing a portrait from his breast and trying to kiss it with his broken mouth he had himself been hit in the stomach by the same shell he had lain forty-two hours on the field before he was picked up by the ambulance corps and with the mania of the university man whose hobby is to see everything reasoned out and logically explained he added in that supreme moment with the tenacity of those who die talking sad war sir many premises are lacking in order to decide who is the culpable party when the war is ended they will have to will have to and he closed his eyes overcome by the effort desnoyers left the dead man thinking to himself poor fellow he was placing the hour of justice at the termination of the war and meanwhile hundreds like him were dying disappearing with all their scruples of ponderous and disciplined reasoning end of section fifty one